Hello, and today you're listening to Short. You're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and Curly. Space should be for all of humankind. We have to make Mars the future, or mankind is history. You will literally have a generation of kids being taken out into a into a park late one night uh, and being shown this little shining red star in the sky and being told that's Mars and people live there. Okay, guys, buckle up. Uh, have, have we packed everything, Mole? Uh, yeah, I think so. You got food, right? Yep. And the solar batteries? Yep, they're, they're all they're all stowed away. Matt, Matt, you've got them, right? Yep, sure did. Uh, did you pack my shoes? Uh, no, no, no. You can only take one pair, apparently. Oh, bummer. Mm, okay, what about oxygen? <sighs> I knew I'd forgotten something. Carl, a gal's got to breathe. There's no oxygen on Mars, remember? Okay, okay. Hang on, hang on. I've got, I've got it. <laughs> Can you imagine just getting there and you know, not being able to breathe? That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, let's laugh about it. Okay, I think we're ready. Flight commander reporting in. We are ready for launch. Navigation checking in. We're ready. And weapons control. Matthew, are you there? Green light. All right. Countdown beginning at T minus five, five four, three, two, two one, zero, and lift off. Hey there, this is Short and Curly, and we're taking you on a pretty cool trip this episode. Yep, we're going to Mars. By my reckoning, we're only about 250 kilometres until we get there. You mean 250 million kilometres, Carl. We're on a journey into the unknown that will take us many months and push us to our limits, mentally and physically. So we've just safely left the Earth's atmosphere. And it's amazing up here. But how would you start a whole new world for humans on Mars? And would we even want to? Well, there are some people in this world planning a move to Mars right now. It's a place that's fascinated us for a long time, in books and movies and in our imaginations. I claim this planet in the name of the Earth. Your eyes will see the wonders of a world no eyes in this world have ever seen before. I wonder, will we ever get back to Earth? In the silent void of outer space, puny man matches his cunning against a monster from Mars running rampant. Mars ground, this is Mars 1, do you hear me? Over. Men of Earth, we of the planet Mars give you this warning. Do not come here. Whoa, that guy said, do not come here, and we are already in our spaceship and on the way to the red planet of Mars. A bit late for that now, I guess. Anyway, aside from myself and Molly and Matt, our philosopher from the Ethics Centre, we've got a few other guests on board, including you. And given it's going to be a pretty long ride, we've got a question for you to think about for a bit before we start playing I Spy or Are We There Yet? So this is your opportunity to pause this podcast to have a quick think or maybe a chat with those people around you about our first question for today, which is, are there any problems with humans going to live on Mars? Hit pause now. 
still on its way to orbit after a uh, successful uh, ascent up through main engine cutoff. Now we're point zero 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 one percent of the way there. So we just need another one million one hundred and fifty-two thousand thinking questions, and we'll be on Mars. Or even less if we sleep a bit. Oh, fantastic! Molly has space madness, uh, and we barely blasted off. Ha! <laughs> what does space madness mean? <laughs> Right, cool. This is going to be a long trip. Uh, Matt Beard, you still seem pretty sane over there. Are you excited about this trip to Mars? I sure am. But Matt, you're also looking a bit worried over there. What's what's going on? I'm not super worried, but there are just a few ethical problems when it comes to interplanetary travel, especially if we're going to move there permanently. Typical Matt turning a fun road trip into an ethical dilemma. Ethical dilemmas on road trips can be fun, Carl. <laughs> Right, so we're leaving a perfectly good planet behind, and we're leaving people behind as well, aren't we? We're not just leaving behind people, we're leaving behind the people who can't afford space travel at the moment. So the people who are already disadvantaged are going to become even more so as the wealthy people start to move off, and as the scientists start to move off, and the medical researchers. What happens to those people? All of the Jedis are gone. But we are curious creatures. We're explorers by nature. So shouldn't we keep pushing the boundaries looking further beyond our planet? Absolutely. I don't want to run for the escape pod. I don't want to turn the space shuttle around. There's a huge amount that we can learn, and we don't know what we're going to discover. Some of the most important discoveries in human history have been unexpected. You know, when we learn the cure for a disease, we learn a new way of harvesting resources or discovering water, and that will help the most disadvantaged people. So I don't think we should stop. I just think it's worth paying attention to the other things that matter as well. Thank you, Matt. Uh, I think you've helped calm everyone down. Molly, you're looking a little calmer over there now. I feel way better, and I'm sorry for my earlier behaviour. Okay. Let's just hear for a minute from the fabulous Space Cowboys over at Randwick Public School in Sydney with some intergalactic observations. And we asked them, would they go to Mars? Yes, so much, um, because it's a new place. It's exploring somewhere that no one else has gone. It's been in the movies, and I think it'll be a great opportunity, even if you don't return. I kind of would want to go, but then I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go because I think that planet Earth still could do some things to make it better, but then when we couldn't make Earth any better, then I think that we should like start from the beginning and make all the, and all the mistakes we did fix them on a new planet. I don't think it's really fair. It's kind of like burning your own house down and then just moving to someone else's because it's like we did this to ourselves and we can't just leave the mess behind. Now, even though we're currently on our little road trip to the red planet, you might be thinking, oh, but we humans won't actually be going to live on Mars anytime soon, so it's not something we have to spend a lot of time thinking about. But you'd be wrong. That's right. In 2020, there's a pretty exciting spaceship launch planned. It's called the Mars One Project, and it's all about setting up a permanent human settlement on Mars. The first unmanned ship is due to launch around 2020. Then humans are meant to start heading in around 2026. Can you imagine what that would be like, Molly? Yes, of course I can, because we're in a spaceship headed for Mars right now. Da-doi! So mean. I can't believe I willingly strapped myself in for this journey with Molly. I hope there's an escape hatch somewhere. 
Anyway, the private Mars One mission took applications for people interested in a one-way ticket to the red planet. And you don't even have to be a professional astronaut to apply. Here are some of the applicants. Today, we are making our audition tapes to go to Mars. I have dreamed about going to Mars for my entire life. Hello, Earth. My name is Lauren Reeves, and I'm a human. Please send me to Mars. Mars One is a one-way mission, so I'd be leaving my family and friends behind. It is my greatest dream, eines Tages auf den Mars zu gehen. There's something missing, a yearning, which I think going to Mars will help. Furthermore, I think we've already kind of screwed over this planet, so I think it's time we started pursuing other planets. See you on Mars. There were thousands of people around the world who applied for one of those spots on the first Mars One shuttles. And now there are only 100 candidates left in the mix. And the prize? A one-way ticket to Mars, which means you're never coming home. And one of those final candidates is Australia's very own Josh Richards. Yeah, he's actually a trained explosives engineer, a former British Army commando, a physicist, and a comedian. Yeah, so it'll be handy to have him around to brighten the mood on this long trip to the Red Planet. My name's Josh Richards. I'm currently one of seven Australians that are shortlisted to the Mars One project. They're looking for people who want to make humanity a dual planet species, people who go and colonise and spread humanity so that we're not all just living on, on one rock. Aren't you just kind of happy down here on Earth? No. Nah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah. But it sounds like you've got a lot of stuff going for you down here. Like, why do you want to leave all of a sudden? Space should be for all of humankind. Living on Mars, going one way, means that you'll literally have a generation of kids being taken out into a, into a park late one night uh, and being shown this little shining red star in the sky and being told that's Mars and people live there. One, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one, end of that. Okay, we checked all four systems and there you go on modulation, all four, and King was a go. Surely this is a one-way trip and I would imagine anyone going up into space to explore, that's one thing, but going on a one-way trip to a distant planet knowing that there's not going to be a way back, like, you must have doubts. Oh, of course. Oh, huge doubts. There's no, yeah, there's, there's no denying that there's doubts over it, but I think the doubts are what makes the decision stronger. Um, I have huge doubts personally about whether or not I would be the right person, uh, whether or not I could handle it, all of that. And I suppose the 10 years of training that we're talking about uh, is supposed to, to weed that out, but you will never truly know until you go. We were born on this planet, uh, we've lived as a species our entire lives on this planet. Uh, uh, should we be allowed, just because we have the technology and the means, should we be allowed to go up there and start hanging around in space and hanging around on other planets that aren't ours? It's built into our genes. This is sort of who, who we are as a species, that we want to learn more. We want to discover more about the universe we live in. 20 seconds to LOS Tedris. Contact. Nice to be in orbit. We're built of star stuff. All the elements in our bodies were made in stars, and it's a way of that star stuff to go and explore more of the universe. So we're, we're the universe exploring ourselves. 
That was Josh Richards, candidate astronaut for the Mars One mission, a man who could potentially leave Earth and never come back. Isn't that incredible? Like, we, we talked to one of the first people who could set foot on Mars. He's sacrificing the rest of his life just for discovery. Cool dude. Amazing. Now, uh, Molly, if you discovered a planet and went to live there, what would you call it? Thanks for asking, Carl. I have shortlisted it to three names. Pink Ron, the Isle of Funk, and Mama's Big Ol' Rock. <laughs> See, for me, uh, there's only one. Um, mm -hmm. It's Pamplemousse. Planet Pamplemousse is what I'd go for. It's a French word means grapefruit, Pamplemousse. Yeah, planets are shaped like grapefruits. I'm behind that. <laughs> so given you might one day have the option of living on Mars, just like Josh, we thought we'd ask a few space cadets what they thought about the whole idea and what their major problems with it might be. Everybody still would make mistakes. It would still be if you move to a different planet, your personalities can't like automatically just change to like perfect. If just the human population goes to Mars, then what about all the animals? They'll be living in a bad environment for themselves. If you're going to go to another planet, criminals aren't just going to go, oh, we're in a new planet, I better stop being, like, bad. And who's going to run the workings of it? And if we find something that lives there, then who's going to run it? Are they going to run it or are we going to run it? Well, the only thing that separates us from some animals like chimpanzees or monkeys is speech, and like that's only because we know they're there. So if we go to another planet and we find something else that can talk and is smarter than us, we're going to be kind of shocked and surprised and don't know what to do because we've been used to like having all the power for so long. We'd have to learn how to deal with someone else being as smart as us and so different from us as well. Well, everyone's saying, like, what it's going to do to Mars, but what about what it's going to do to us? There could be, like, diseases that will wipe out the whole human race there. Hey, what was that sound? Is, is, is that engine trouble? Are we going to break down in the middle of nowhere? I don't want to die. I have so much to live for. Carl, calm down. It's fine. It's just the thermoelectric power generator playing up. I'll give it a little kick. <coughs> Okay, so that wasn't quite how I thought things were done on a spaceship. I imagine things were a bit more high-tech than that. Matt Beard, you've been awfully quiet back there. Are you feeling okay? Oh, I'm feeling a little bit space-sick, actually. I'm flying around, there's no gravity, and I'm just feeling a little bit queasy. <laughs> uh, well, what about all those tricky ethical problems we've just heard about? Any of them not sitting well with you? There are questions around how, for example, the human colony on Mars and the human colony on Earth will interact with one another. Does Earth get to call the shots? Is there another government on Mars? How do they relate? And who owns Mars? Well, given, given we're on a spaceship right now to Mars, I think when we get there, I should probably be president. Whoa! Uh, well, mm, what, Whoa. What's so wrong with that, Molly? I am the president on Mars. Thank you. President Molly, don't you know how silly that sounds? It sounds perfect and effective. <laughs> well, I'm going to vote for one of you. So what's your pitch? Why should I vote for you, Molly? On my Mars, there is a strict no-one-gets-more-than-anyone-else policy. It's all fair, it's all equally split, and everyone has a great time, and I throw beach parties all the time. But if you're the president, wouldn't you have all the power then? Yeah, but I'm a cool president, mm, right? I don't know. Carl, oh. why should I vote for you? Well, Molly has set up this platform of, you know, a free, liberal, social policy, you know, environment 
for me, it's all about death rays. And I, I think if, if we were to move to Mars and I was president, I'd create a, a society centered around making it the whole planet into a giant death ray to blast other planets out of the sky so that we can be the owners and controllers of the entire universe. Mm. <laughs> I think I might have to take control, guys. What gives you that right to just decide that you're going to be in charge, Matt? I think it's going to be in the best interest of everyone that I take control because you're going to threaten everyone on Earth with this ray gun. So it's for the people of Earth that I'm going to make a stand. It makes sense. But who does decide all of this? Like if those 25 people get there and they have different ideas, how do we figure out which one's the right idea? How do we decide? Is it as simple as voting or not? I think it makes sense to to let everyone have some input from the 25 people over there, which suggests some kind of voting system, but they will have to build it from the ground up and they will have to know how to deal with people who disagree and they will have to figure out literally building a society and a whole new set of rules or which rules from Earth they want to introduce and which ones they don't. And this is something we haven't seen before. Usually when we travel somewhere, we bring all of the law enforcement with us. So we bring a set of rules in our kit bag, but they're not going to be able to bring that with them here because there are so few people. And so it's going to be up to personal responsibility and choosing really carefully who those 25 people are and their character and maybe having some conversations in advance about how this is going to work, not just all of the sciencey stuff. All right, Matt Beard, President of Mars, thank you very much. You're welcome, citizen. I have so much respect for that man. And now that you have all that fancy, shiny space ethics knowledge, we've got another question for you. And it is, what would you need as your rules for a new society on a new planet like Mars? Hit pause now. Hey, Carl. I spy with my little eye something beginning with S. Space. Right, how did you get it? Because you've said the exact same thing like ten times already. Hey, today. Carl. Yes, Molly? Want to hear me sing every word at the same time? I don't think so. Ah! Oh, that's, that's lovely. That's really good. Uh, how long did you say this trip was going to be? Like four months or so. Just three months and 30 days to go. Mm, okay, look, I'm just going to go check out the ejection pod to make sure that's working right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see you later, Molly. <laughs> Robot Butler, can you hit eject? Yep, yep, quick, quick, hit it, eject. Geronimo! Okay, bye, Carl. Wait, Carl? Carl? Well, thanks as always to our wonderful space exploring school kids at Randwick Public School, including Vanessa, Rishi, Grace, Celeste, Natalia, Sean, and Jackson, and Blorgon, and Beetlejuice, and Pomplamoose, and Alpha Centauri. Mars One candidate astronaut Josh Richards will play us out with a space classic. Anything to distract me from the loss of Carl. Ground control short and curling. Ground control short and curling. Take your protein pills and put your helmets on. Ejection pod captain's log, day 46. I've been drifting through space now for many days since leaving the crazy, crazy Molly back on that spaceship. I've been listening to the same song over and over again by Mars One candidate astronaut Josh Richards. If anyone out there can hear me, please send me an email, shortandcurly at abc.net.au. 
That's shortandcurly at abc.net.au. I don't know how long I'll be out here. I don't know how much longer I can survive. Carl? Carl? Carl, please come back. I miss you so much. (laughs) It's so lonely here without you. I miss the way you float with no gravity. (laughs) Carl, please come back. Space is beautiful, but not as beautiful as you, Carl. Hey!